0: In the 35th episode of The Deming Lens, I'll discuss coronavirus and bringing manufacturing back, some history on manufacturing crises, and a look to the future. Hi, I'm Tripp Babbitt, host of the Deming Institute podcast. This month, I'd like to talk about what everybody's talking about right now, which is the coronavirus, coronavirus crisis. And, you know, I, as I start to see some of the reports that are coming in, you know, everybody's trying to do their particular part, but the light has really been shined on U S manufacturing or the lack thereof. So there's a new, uh, term now in our lexicon, uh, called PPE, personal protective equipment. And, Uh, pharmaceuticals that are made in China. And it started getting me to reflect on some of the previous crisis. So I'm going to walk through that a little bit later in the podcast. But talking about what's happening today, that uh, China is rejecting Uh, Sending some products and services and even Europe has been rejecting some Chinese products because of poor quality uh, in the form of uh, the products of PPE uh, and some testing equipment. And so. Now there's a lot of talk about bringing some of the manufacturing back to the U.S. That it just makes sense. Now this is something I've advocated uh, for many years. I wrote a LinkedIn article four years ago that I reposted uh, in my uh, under my profile about the fact that you know we have some people that you know, some countries that we aren't necessarily completely friendly with or their governments are run differently between a communist country and a democratic co- uh, country. Um, and, you know, now we have things like the Hong Kong riots and things of that sort. And so having manufacturing here in the article, I wrote about having manufacturing in the U.S. and especially that it doesn't make sense to be, uh, outsourcing military equipment, <laughs> you know, parts and things of that sort to, uh, countries that, uh, may be unfriendly to us. So anyway, this crisis has, has shined a light on, uh, China, uh, and them making some of the products, especially this PPE and the pharmaceuticals. So, like I said, I started reflecting on some of the crisis that we've been through and originally, you know. Uh, Dr. Deming uh talked about uh, you know, him going to nineteen in 1950 for those who aren't familiar with with uh W. Edwards Deming and his work, uh, going to Japan in 1950, talking to leaders of Japan uh industrial arena uh that owned 80% of the capital or represented 80% of the capital of Japan at that time, and starting them down a a a path of quality by the u.s uh had used a lot of the techniques that w edwards deming took to japan uh discarded them because 50 percent of the products uh, were made after uh world war ii in the u.s and it's uh, well below that now um yeah, less than half but uh uh because we were able to produce things in the U.S. rapidly, uh, just to fill the demand, quality went out the window. And uh, Dr. Deming told uh, uh, the Japanese that if they followed his teachings, that, you know, they would have countries the world over screaming for protection in uh, five years. And in his words, he, they did it in four so we've it sets up the scenario between nineteen fifty and say nineteen sixty nine which uh, Dr. Deming says was the height of us manufacturing um, that it was never it was never any higher after that particular time period. Uh, but during that time period, Japan was improving the quality of their products. Uh, that they were were making, and with the help of their the government, and even the help of the United States, uh, in allowing those products to come over uh, to Japan. But what happened was, is this started a steady decline in manufacturing. Um, and in the 1970s, we saw a lot of the auto uh, automobile manufacturers on the ropes of. Uh, Going into bankruptcy, we had Chrysler, but a lot of them because of the quality of the products and also the foresight of many of the Japanese uh, manufacturers to make smaller cars when the whole uh, oil uh, embargo uh, manifests itself during the 1970s. Then when we went to the 1980s, um, we, in essence... Uh, started down a path and this is w- when I became active in uh, working with an industrial distributor in the Indianapolis area. And, uh, I started as a sales rep uh, in Evansville, Indiana, and in the uh, early '80s, I remember calling on a number of manufacturers that uh, were having problems. You know, competing, and there was always talk about shutdowns and layoffs and things of that sort. But there was still a lot of manufacturing going on in the middle of the '80s. But during that time period, from from the time I graduated from school in the early '80s until I got my MBA in the mid '80s, and then uh, in the late '80s, you saw a steady decline in the number of manufacturers that were in the United States. And I, you know, I saw uh, the Zenith cabinet plant, uh, for instance, in Evansville, Indiana, closed down uh, during the time period that I was in uh, Evansville. But it was a there was a lot of talk about uh, different companies being shut down because of uh, Japan and. I there was a lot of talk also about the fact that the Japanese had lower prices and this that and the other and um, so it's pretty well documented um, that the Japanese were able to not only increase productivity but they did it through having quality products that they were making and not just how many we could make, which was the U S focus, but how well we made them actually wound up increasing the productivity uh, even faster. So we had a lot of things going on. We had Japanese then increasing their productivity. As I just mentioned, we had uh, Paul Vo- Volcker who uh, uh, the federal reserve who was raising interest rates in the 1980s. And in 1982, an interesting little thing happened. Uh, it was called stock buybacks. Now, If you're familiar with uh, Dr. Deming, and his work uh, out of the crisis or the new economics, he talks a lot about dividends. But what hasn't been talked about too much, that I know of anyway, in the Deming community are are the damage of these stock buybacks. And let me just talk about what these are. These are companies buying stock back um, from the marketplace, and it's really almost – uh, from my perspective, and there's a, a Dr. Lazarnik um, that writes quite a bit a bit about this from the University of Massachusetts, um, and I'll put a link to uh, some of the articles and yeah, some of the videos that, that he has out there about how you can manipulate your stock price by doing these stock buybacks. So this became something that you were allowed to do in 1982. And actually there were rules put in that protected it. Now, if you can imagine, if you know you're going to do as an executive, if you know you're going to be doing a stock buyback for your company, because it's a manipulative thing to do, if you have knowledge of it, it can be considered insider trading, at least from my perspective. And now you may have a different view on it, but you have the opportunity to know when you're going to do it and, uh, you know, be able to manipulate the, the, the price. And whereas Dr. Deming talked a lot about and out of the crisis and new economics about um, stock dividends, these buybacks. Uh, have the same type of damage associated with them. Because if you can manipulate the stock price and you are getting uh, uh, stock options that are given to executives, this just reinforces the short-term thinking that uh, Dr. Deming railed against in, in both of his books, which is the, you know, dividends, dividends, dividends. Well, just because we've changed the name or, or added another tool that does the same damaging thing in the form of uh, stock buybacks, it's not helpful. And what does it do? Well, it does a couple of, of things that stand out that are damaging uh, to organizations and, and that reinforces uh, the short-term thinking. Uh, one of the things that it does is it uh, compromises your liquidity. Uh, so if there's an economic downturn like we have now, you aren't liquid as liquid uh, with stock as you would be with uh, having you know cash on hand or uh, assets that are more readily uh, liquid. Uh, the other thing that it does is it prevents the reinvestment that you need in organizations to innovate, and invest in products, and even people. So these are some of the damaging things associated with, uh, what happened when they allowed these stock buybacks to happen in 1982. Uh, in the 1990s, in fact, we started to see stock options, more stock options to executives, uh, which then promoted even more of the short-term thinking, uh, when Dr. Deming's talking about dividends and, um, uh, So we can almost say that nowadays that dividends are almost being replaced by these buybacks so that uh, with these executives getting bonuses um, based on the stock price that they're looking for short-term things to be able to prop up the price and being able to manipulate stock buybacks is a a great way to uh, continue this short-term thinking. So in the 2000s, uh, what happened uh, beginning some of the crisis that we're seeing today around U.S. manufacturings of, of PPE and pharmaceuticals was uh, China was brought into the World Trade Organization in December of 2001, and this accelerated uh, the decline in U.S. manufacturing jobs because just like everything else, when you're looking to cut Prices uh, And look for cheaper labor in other countries. This is everything's been moved out. And there are a number of people actually in Congress today that help facilitate moving some of these things to China and and other countries that uh, uh, made things more difficult for us because they didn't have the foresight to look about what type of manufacturing was needed in the in the US. So. Um, in the 2010s, you know, we had the 2017 uh, tax cuts where, where we basically uh, had U.S. Um, companies with the expectation uh, when they uh, built this thing is that if we lowered the corporate tax rate, that people would then uh, be investing and in bringing back manufacturing in the U.S. But what did the, a lot of companies do instead is they used the reduction to do the buybacks, <laughs> these uh, stock buybacks within the organization. Now, some of these are debt funded. Um And and again, this gets back to the liquidity of the organization because people are just trying to look for ways to increase their stock price, to increase their options, and so forth. And this is where, from my perspective, um, capitalism really gets a bad name. Um, So... Rather than investing or reinvesting uh, profits into the organization, we're doing financial manipulation and uh, things that are damaging to the long term viability of organizations. Which leads us back to our current situation. Uh, I s- foresee that manufacturing will be coming back to uh, the U.S. I think there's a lot of support, not only in Congress, but uh, with uh, U.S. citizens, that they see that it's going to make sense to maybe have to pay a little bit more for pharmaceuticals or masks so that when the time comes, when we need it, that uh, we uh, have it available and at the quality that we need, which leads us back to W. Edwards Deming. So we've... Been mired for over a century now in management thinking that has prevailed uh, and still prevails today from the Industrial Revolution and the thinking of Frederick Winslow Taylor. Now, again, I always say this that Taylor was a rock star in his time, advanced the thinking, the functional separation of work, uh, the by piece reward, similar to some of the things that were implemented at the Ford plant by Henry Ford. All those types of things were great advances in 1910. <laughs> so hopefully we've advanced our thinking since then. But, but what I see overall, I see signs of hope, and I see uh, signs of despair when I look to the future. And from a Uh, despair standpoint, I still see a lot of the same short-term thinking when we have stock buybacks and focus on dividends. Uh, Just because you changed the the tool from dividends to stock buybacks, you're still in a mode as an executive or a manager of thinking very short-term. And most of what Dr. Deming talks about is to get us to think Uh, long term, and also think in terms of quality. So these are things that are going to need to adjust themselves as we move forward. And I can't think of a better place to start than with a foundation built off of the Deming philosophy still to this day, only because we still haven't, uh, you know, nobody We still haven't adopted it wholeheartedly, and there will be something that follows the Deming philosophy, but until we move from Taylor to uh, Deming uh, first, it's going to be hard to get that next thing, whatever it might be. Uh, As far as signs of hope, uh, I... Do see some good things that are happening. I see CEOs uh, taking no salary. Uh, I see a movement with all of the uh, some of the thinking that goes with millennials, especially as a boomer. Uh, you look at some of the stuff and shake your head, but there's a lot of things that they have uh, shined a light on that we need to pay attention to, and that is capitalism uh, in its current form uh, and the way that management plays that out in organizations uh, is not helping uh, our country. Uh, it is not helping humanity, for that matter, and that we need to rethink uh, what we're doing. And, and I'm seeing performance appraisals go away. I see people re-looking at things like uh, rewards and incentives and things of that sort. But there's still way more companies that are still doing old thinking uh, from the 19 early 1900s. So those are some things are going on. Now I heard an interesting thing and I, I I've been a proponent of this actually for a while before even he said it, but Mark Cuban was on uh the other day, and he was talking about, you know, in order to rebuild the middle class, one of the things that needs to happen is if we've got stock stock options for executives, then you should be doing the same percentage of stock options for the workers. And that will help uh, build the middle class plus give workers not only something to look forward every day because they're a part owner of a company, but it will get workers out of this paycheck-to-paycheck mode, and uh, you know all of these things. I think are positive types of uh, feedback that that we're getting, and new theories that people are, are coming up with of how we can make this run better for everyone. And this is this is very deming. Uh, from my perspective, that we're trying to shift the whole curve and not just our personal curve. Uh, That's it for this Deming lens. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It got me thinking that maybe some of these Deming lens should be more like this, talking about current events. Thank you for listening to the Deming Institute podcast. Stay updated on the latest blogs, podcasts, programs, and other activities at deming.org.